On this week's episode of Third and Manageable, anticipation is out of control as the regular season is set to begin Thursday night. Stay tuned for our reactions from the final week of preseason and our bold predictions for the first week of the regular season. And welcome back to another episode of Third and Manageable. I am Shem Hanks. And I am Brad Roberts. And we made it through cut day in the NFL. I'm on the roster. I made it. Mom, <laughs> I'm an NFL player. No, 53-man roster. Wait, this is the NFL, not the AAF. Oh. Yeah, you're not on a team anymore. Sorry about that. Well, I guess I still got the XFL, and if all goes worse, I'm going to Canada, folks. Oh, yes, those Alouettes. Mm, that's the team. That's what you want to go for. It's true. All right, so in the actual NFL this week, it was the biggest week of the entire preseason where teams go from 90 to 53. Yes, it is. There were shocking cuts. There were surprising trades that happened. So we're going to dive right on in and discuss some of these things. All right. So let's start out with, I think, the biggest news of the weekend, and that was Jadavion Clowney has a new team. And it's a team in the Northwest. Yes, it is. Jadavian Clowney going to the Pacific Northwest to Seattle. And for an excellent price, I might say. Amazing price. This um, was a steal. And considering the situation that they were in just several months ago, I don't think from a Seattle perspective, from a Seattle fan, Seattle player, anybody in management, you could have predicted this event to happen and for it to turn out so well for you i mean just a few months ago they were in some heated contract talks with frank clark it wasn't going well they were afraid they were going to lose him for practically nothing they weren't finding trade partners and lo and behold i think they are getting a better player in jadavian Clowney now for a much cheaper price than they had with frank clark just a few months ago Tell me I'm wrong. You are not wrong. This was absolute highway robbery by John Schneider and company. They knew that the Texans did not have a GM, and they rode right in like it was Red Dead Redemption 2 and took over the city. Yeah, it is uh, high noon in Houston. Bill O'Brien is selling things off and buying others, as it seems. But, I mean, for a third-round pick and, I mean, essentially – Barkevius Mingo, a journeyman outside linebacker, and Jacob Martin, a sixth rounder from last year. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Jadavian Clowney is a former number one overall pick, and that's what you get in return for this guy because you cannot settle on a contract number to keep him around. I mean, the talent is obviously there. The duo with Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt was incredibly special. Not only that, but Whitney Merciless as well as your substitute outside linebacker. Great name. Right? I mean, that's what you want in a sack master is Merciless. But uh, those three together formed one of the best tandems in the league. But now a huge cog is taken out of that wheel. So uh, great work on Seattle to not only get a first and a second round pick for Frank Clark. Yeah, and so with the Seattle, too, another aspect of this trade is they get that 2020 third-round pick. But even if they let Clowney walk, they would be eligible for a third- or fourth-round compensatory pick. Right. And so they essentially gave up Jacob Martin, Barkevius Mingo, who we were talking before the show, former first-round guy, sixth overall pick by the Cleveland Browns, has been in the league for about six years now, and has 10 career sacks. So they are getting rid of what's essentially two backup defensive linemen or outside linebacker, depending on your scheme, and getting one of the better pass rushers. And Jadavion Clowney is one of the better pass rushing talents to ever come into the NFL. Let's not forget that video in South Carolina where he just lifted one of those tackle boxes and flipped it on its end. Like, he is a specimen of a human being. It's very true. But when you're also looking at it from his perspective, uh, it 
doesn't seem like Houston is the team that loses the most. It's actually Jadavian Clowney himself. I mean, let's not forget why this holdout started between him and the Texans. He refused to play on a one-year franchise tag tender. That's why he refused to sign the contract. But now, because the deadline's already passed, he he doesn't get what he wants, even though he's going to a different team now. So now he's not on a one-year prove-it deal in a system that he's familiar with, with a defense that he's familiar with. He's on a one-year prove-it deal with... Seattle in a different scheme with a different set of players, a different chemistry in the locker room, and he he still cannot sign that huge mega deal until the end of next year. So there's the potentiality of him getting injured and now not getting top dollar for for his career. Um, he loses 100% because of this holdout. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. All right, so... You and I, before the show, were coming up with a new segment. We like to make some predictions. We need a good name for it. Uh, there's the option of the prophecy, um, the last of the seeing stones, something like that. Yeah, something extra nerdy because that's yeah, who we are. Yeah, something extra, extra nerdy for us to keep track of all of these uh, things that we foresee happening going forward. And I am going to say the first official one. Okay. Bring it on. Should the Seahawks make the playoffs, John Schneider will win executive of the year. Ooh. Um, I, I, I would say it has to be TBD right now. I, I can't. Typically, whoever wins executive of the year is the guy that pulls off um, that mid-season move that works out. Um, sometimes it's the guys that just draft really well. They have an exceptional class. Um, in fact, the last time that John Schneider was really in the running for executive of the year, I don't think he's ever won it yet, but the last time he was in the running was that insane draft class where uh, he came across Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman in the same year. So, um, I mean, it, he has been a guy that has been snubbed before, so I would want to say yes. He's very uh, intelligent, makes a lot of really good moves, struggles on drafting in the middle portions of, of the draft, but he typically scores home with those late pickups and especially those undrafted free agents there's been a number of those guys that have come across in uh, Seattle yeah I, I still can't answer that question hey. I, I don't know well I've added it to our prophecy are you uh, making the yep, prediction yep I am making the prediction you are saying yeah. that if they make the playoffs that's my caveat if they make, if the, they playoffs. make the playoffs John so you're Schneider, saying that they're going to make the playoffs in fact this is almost like a two-part Prediction: You're saying John Schneider is going to win executive of the year because they're going to make the playoffs this year. I'm saying if, Brad, if, if they make the if. playoffs because they brought back Russell Wilson on a big contract, it would mean DK Metcalf had a big year. That would mean Ziggy Ansah and Jadavion Clowney look good. That meant giving Bobby Wagner a big old contract look good. These things that uh, would require them to make the playoffs – if they do, John Schneider will be the executive of the year. This is in our new segment, the Tower of Orthanc, or whatever this is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, what, what was the, the name of the actual seeing stone in, in uh, the Palanti? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it should be called. Uh, we are looking into the crystal and telling you the future, folks. Yeah. In real time. Uh, so all right, so let's let's transition to the other trade that Houston made. Yeah, because yeah. Houston was in the in the news uh, a lot this this time around. And uh, as it turns out, them selling followed them buying the very next day, which was a trade for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know what to say about this. I don't agree with the trade. I think it's a huge overpayment for a player who in two years is going to be in the same situation that you just had with Jadavian Clowney by 
by you not wanting to pay him what he wanted. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting in Houston. Why don't you break down that trade for us? Yeah, let's get into the specifics a little bit. Where Jeremy T- or Laramie, not Jeremy, Laramie Tunsil, former first round pick out of Old Miss. Uh, I just know that he liked to wear the gas mask with the bong in it. That was his his thing. Well, uh, no, who doesn't? Laramie Tunsil. And wide receiver Kenny Stills, as well as a fourth-round pick in 2020 from the Dolphins and a sixth-round pick in 2021, go to Houston. And then Houston sends a first-rounder in 2020 and 2021, a second-round pick in 2021, offensive tackle Julian Davenport, and veteran cornerback Johnson Batamosi. Yeah, so a very large trade. I was uh, more so blown away by the scale of it, but then once I got into the specifics in what Houston gave up, I I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, who got the better end of this trade, Shem? I have my opinion, but uh, t- tell everybody how you feel. In the fire sale that is the Miami Dolphins right now, this was the best deal that they got, where they got two first-round picks for a guy who was a first-round pick, and they got a second-round pick for Kenny Stills, like giving him up. They were able to get a second-round pick. And then in return, they actually got a guy who was drafted in the fourth round by Houston a couple years ago in Julian Davenport. Big six seven, three 325-pound offensive lineman. And Johnson Bottomosi, we'll get into it a little bit more with the Miami Dolphins, but they're in full fire sale mode right now. Johnson Bottomosi most likely will not be on this team for the entire year, but will be somewhere else because he's played in the league for too long, and this team only wants young players right now. But Kenny Stills last year only had 37 receptions, 553 yards, six touchdowns, Uh, He did have some injuries last year, but to be able to get that level of a haul for Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunsil, great job by the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, the Dolphins are getting the, the big end of this trade. I mean, they are clearly planning for the future. They're in full breakdown and resale mode. They also got rid of Kiko Alonso in a trade to the New Orleans Saints, which was really not in the sense of they got something back in return. It was more so getting him and his contract off of their books in their preparation for future years, trying to clear up all that dead money. Um, Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills' contracts are mostly going to be placed on the Houston Texans, but... Um, uh, pr- pretty soon all of that money is going to be cleared off. And with those first-round picks coming up, not to mention the second-round pick, uh, they're, they're looking really good. Um, the person that's not looking very good is either Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen that have the potential future of having Julian Davenport being your <laughs> blindside tackle. Yeah. So... Uh, not looking good for the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, considering Josh Rosen, who isn't going to be the week one starter. It was named, it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Rosen was the most sacked quarterback of the league last year, and he's going to start his season without Laramie Tunsil, your left tackle. And so from the Texans' perspective, they really wanted a left tackle to protect Deshaun Watson, who they think can be an MVP caliber player going forward. And so they made a calculation that they were going to be spending probably a first round pick in the next couple of years building that offensive line. And they feel like Laramie Tunsil is one of the best left tackles in the NFL, where if you don't believe that, you don't give two first rounders and a second rounder for him. Yep. Uh, Houston will have to exercise that fifth-year contract soon, though, which is going to guarantee Laramie Tunsil $10 million for next year. Um, he's only making, I think it's $2.4 million this year. But uh, that, 
That number is coming up soon, and uh, it's going to be interesting for Houston. They are in win-now mode, obviously. Um, even though they just lost Lamar Miller for the season, they're, they are clearly undaunted. I mean, that, that defense seems primed for a run, and uh, they are setting themselves up for win-now success because they're not going to have the draft capital to rebuild if something goes wrong this season. And you know who's not in win mode now? The Miami Dolphins still. Uh, are they ever? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you brought up the Kiko Alonso deal. They trade Kiko Alonso to the Saints, and they bring back Vince Beagle, a guy who will be on his third team in three years with 20 career tackles who plays linebacker. They give up Kiko Alonso, a guy who's been a consistent middle linebacker everywhere he's been in the league. This clearly has to help that Saints defense quite a bit, right? Uh, certainly. I think um, Kiko Alonso, he's had his issues with injuries, but actually the last couple of years, uh, he's he's kept his body put together. Um, I think he's got that potential to keep that together and the saints got a huge steal um i mean i've said it to you before that i wasn't sold on the new orleans saints ability to maintain this defensive prowess that they had for a fluke last year um statistically they were a very good defense last year but i did not think that would continue this goes into proving me wrong that i mean with kiko alonso that's not a slub they got there. I mean, Kiko Alonso in three years for the Miami Dolphins led the Dolphins in tackles for two of those three years. And last year, he had 125 tackles and three interceptions. That's exactly the kind of production you want out of a middle linebacker. Exactly. So New and, Orleans got a good pick there. And for the Dolphins, their purge of veterans did not stop whatsoever, where they released John Denny, who was their long snapper in Miami since 2005. He's 40 years old. He's never missed a game in his 14-year career for the Dolphins. They really just don't want veterans on this team whatsoever. No, they're planning for the future. And so that's why I was actually surprised that even Fitzpatrick made it through this round of trades and cuts for him, where... It must mean that no other team would want to give up a sixth or seventh round pick for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, probably not. I mean, there were other guys out there. So trying to make a trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick while Brian Hoyer was out there on the market when he got released from the Patriots, it, it just got it got flooded with people too quickly. There were there were several names that were available. Geno Smith was another one that got cut. Um, and then eventually re-signed by the Patriots, or Seahawks, excuse me. Uh, but no, and I think it is wise to keep him around for depth. Um, and remember, it, Josh Rosen was not selected by this organization. He was a first-round pick for the Cardinals, and they're bringing him in on really a flyer. They gave us a second-round pick for him. But that's just to see if they could find something. I don't think they wholeheartedly believe in him yet. He's still got to prove that he can be the guy. And until he does that, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to continue being this week one starter until you finally give Josh Rosen the reins. And then we were talking before the show that Brian Flores probably said the funniest thing I've heard all week, which is that the Dolphins are not tanking. That's crap. Give me a break. Like, just let's call a duck a duck and a fart a fart. Okay? That's just ridiculous. The Dolphins aren't tanking. Wow. All right. So something that did not happen this weekend was the Chargers did not find a suitor for Melvin Gordon. Uh, well, I mean, the Houston Texans tried, but they just don't have a whole lot of stuff left to give. Yeah, they don't have they don't have draft picks anymore, yeah. so they they can't give that up. And... But you know who did find a home is Lashawn McCoy. Lash... After he was released by the Buffalo Bills, he is now going to drumroll, please. Let's check the Palanti Shem in uh, our predictions of. Yes, LaShawn McCoy is going to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. So let's give credit where credit is due. 
that Brad has been saying that for months now, that he did not believe that the Buffalo Bills were going to keep LaShawn McCoy and that LaShawn McCoy was going to find his way back to the Kansas City Chiefs. I wait, predicted wait, hold that. on. I think that whole thing deleted. No, unfortunately it didn't. Oh, Brad is right. That is that. absolutely <laughs> right. But you know what? I'm not going to bask too much in the glory of my incredibleness. Instead, I am going to share with the story about uh, how the Caesars would walk through the marketplace of Rome and they would have a slave behind them whispering in their ear, you're only a man. Whoa. You're only a man. And you know what? I, too, am only a man. I will get things wrong, but I will get more things right, of course, as you're seeing now. Right. And so as a person with the gift of foresight, uh, how do you see LaShawn McCoy doing in Kansas City? I am thusly predicting a thousand-yard season that are all purpose. He Mm. will be getting a thousand yards collectively from receiving and from rushing. Uh, I would say probably no more than five touchdowns, maybe seven. But I think this is truly going to be a two-headed monster in Kansas City with LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. I could see many games where those guys are getting the exact same number of carries, the same number of receptions, and uh, just trying to work that out. LaShawn McCoy, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's getting a little bit older. He shouldn't be a lead workhorse back. But at the same time, Damian Williams has not been able to stay healthy and play through an entire 16-game season, whether it's college or the NFL. It's best to keep those guys together and minimize the chance of injuries and minimize the chance of just wearing those guys out as you're trying to make a deep playoff run. That's my prediction. LaShawn McCoy. All right. Do you want Do you want me to write that down for nah, you? No, we don't okay, need to. Okay. We'll just remember it. And oh, I'll be sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what I can say is, are we ready for our new segment? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. There was a couple more things that we needed to go over. Oh, quick. We got to stall. Talk yep. about something else. Got to stall. Gotta... What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> Let me come up with some predictions. The Denver Broncos then. Well, before we get to them, the uh, New England Patriots made a couple of moves. I was pretty surprised to see them put Enkiel Harry on the IR. Everyone expects that he will return. He cannot return to the practice field until week six and cannot return to games until week eight. But to move him to IR, they had to cut Demarius Thomas and then re-sign Demarius Thomas. Well, you know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Demarius Thomas isn't uh, 100% ready yet. Um, Most likely he's going to... Uh, start off the season not getting any reps, not getting any snaps. Uh, I would expect not even to see him really on the field until week three, week four. Um. All right. And so uh, a guy who you used to be pretty high on, Josh Doxson, former first-round wide receiver, gets cut by Washington. Yeah, yeah, Josh Dotson, uh, yet another cast-off that just doesn't work out under the Jay Gruden system. Uh, Going to the Minnesota Vikings, what's interesting is Josh Dotson and Laquan Treadwell, who Dotson is actually replacing right now, um, came out in the same draft, and it seems that both of those teams that selected those players in the first round just aren't happy with them, so... You know, maybe they just need to swip swap like a Freaky Friday situation. And uh, now Laquan Treadwell's in Washington, and both of them are happy and fine and and somehow dating Melania Trump. (laughs) And so uh, another oddity that I found this week, Carrie Vedvik, former kicker, well, current kicker, but a former kicker for the Baltimore Ravens, who traded him to the Vikings for a fifth-round pick, and then the Vikings cut him. Good job, Baltimore, getting a fifth-rounder out of a guy who the Vikings cut. Vikings, bad choice. Well, the Vikings may not have to basically hold up on that side of the trade. I think they'll have to come to some sort of agreement afterwards that since he's not on the current 53-man roster, they're not required to pay the fifth round pick i think if somebody doesn't work out for the full time i think it just it they come to an agreement on a different pick 
But, um, or at least they'll get some sort of compensatory pick in exchange for that. But uh, it seems that he's actually going to the New York Jets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, J-E-T-S, Jets. Which is interesting. I like these kinds of players because not only is this guy athletic, but he's young, he's ready to learn, and he's a kicker and punter. So in a game where you're only allowed 53 players for a roster, having those Swiss, Swiss Army Knives that can kick and punt, I mean, that's that's incredible. Not only are you paying less people, but you have that extra roster spot for somebody else. So uh, good on the New York Jets for picking up that guy. A big upgrade from Chandler Catanzaro, who is, you know, retired now. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting distracted over here. I found the uh, pronunciation for Palantir. According to the internet, is Palantir. Well, you know. Well, now, now that we got that sorted out, let's talk about the Denver Broncos. So, yes. Drew Locke ends up going on IR. Yes. Then they end up cutting Kevin Hogan. Then they end up signing a backup quarterback who I've never heard of. I mean,. Do you want a question of why? Sure. What, what, what is your... Uh... <laughs> I think I'm more just making it as a general statement that uh, they needed a backup quarterback. There were a number of them out there. There was a lot of uh, rumors going around about Brian Hoyer potentially being a Bronco. And then they bring in Brandon Allen, guy. As I said, I have never heard of. So... I, I don't Hopefully know. Joe Flacco doesn't get hurt over the next eight weeks. I I don't really know what to do with that. Uh, the Denver Broncos, clearly they're banking hard on the fact that Joe Flacco doesn't get hurt. Um, I mean, you're paying Mike Munchak a lot of money to keep your quarterback safe, so hopefully he continues doing that. Um, from... Uh, the position of other guys being out there, I mean, they're going fast. Brian Horrier's already found a team. Uh, so I mean, unless you're willing to make a trade for a guy to fill in a backup role, I mean, it's going to be Kevin Hogan. So uh, live with that. But it, it does look like Drew Locke, though he's injured, he will be back at some point um, this season. And I would bet a million dollars if I would bet one of them that if Joe Flacco goes down with an injury regardless of when it happens in the season we will see Drew Locke mm. guaranteed whether he's prepared for it or not they're going to put him on the field if Joe Flacco gets hurt yeah. so all right and so moving through these three pretty quickly there were three individuals who made a lot of money over the last couple of days the Bears Gave Cody Whitehair, offensive lineman, a five-year extension. Uh, he gets 27.5 guaranteed, but 52.5 total. The Indianapolis Colts gave quarterback Jacoby Brissett a two-year deal worth up to $30 million with $20 million guaranteed. And then finally, the Steelers agreed to a two-year contract extension with Former best cornerback in the league, Joe Hayden. Yeah, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um, I think this re- this deal really sets up what we were predicting last week um, in the aftermath of the Andrew Luck retirement. That when we were saying that Jacoby Brissett is going to be that bridge quarterback to whoever they bring in next, I don't see this as a long-term fix for the Indianapolis Colts. But maybe they do leverage it in a way with Brissett as though this is a prove it deal like hey if you're going to be the number one guy how about we give you this money now and you go out there and prove it if you are the guy we'll discuss a contract extension at another date but for right now this is your 15 million dollars a year and you are either the stepping stone to our next guy or you know what maybe you're going to be the guy I don't think he is but great on them Joe Hayden, uh, another good pickup for the Steelers. They're keeping him around for a while. But it's interesting, this deal is grossly loaded towards the beginning year. I think his first year, he's actually making $13 million 
as opposed to, if I'm not mistaken, it was a $16 million extension. Mm-hmm. Um, so only $3 million due on the second year. Therefore, Steelers could basically cut him away for not a lot of risk next year, if need be. All right. So why don't you explain this new game that we're playing? All right. So we are playing a new game that will go on every week until the end of the season. Perhaps we'll do it for the playoffs as well. But here is the game, Shem. Uh, We are going to be scoring seven points at maximum per week we are going to accumulate all of these points week to week until the end of the season and then once it comes to an end you will bow down before me and say that (laughs) you are supreme knowledge for inventing this game and for predicting it the best you have the gift of foresight tell me what you saw how the game works Every single week, we will be going in alternating order. I don't know what he's going to pick. He doesn't know what I'm going to pick. And it will be five games in a straight up or down, who's going to win, who's going to lose. We cannot pick the same team. So if I pick that the Seahawks are going to beat the Bengals this week, you can't. You have to pick somebody else, or you can pick the Bengals. We can pick the same game, but not the same team. There will be five points dedicated to that as we are picking five games. There are two points that will be allocated for making two separate predictions that are stat-based. So if I say that Cam Newton is going to throw three interceptions in his first week, and then it happens, I get a point. Yeah, When I say that Josh... uh, Not Josh... I did this before. Uh, Kyler (laughs) Murray... (laughs) had only 179 passing yards for the entire preseason. And then I say, in his first week of the season, he will not have more than 179 passing yards. That, I say, is a bold prediction, sir. And if it doesn't happen, I get a point. So there we go. Seven points per week. We add them up. It's purposely an odd number so that we can't tie, in theory. Um, In theory, yeah. All right, so... Before the show, you gave me the first pick because, well, this is your game, so I get to go first. It is your yeah. pick, so uh, carry on, Gungardin, and start us off with this new segment called Bold Predictions. Bold Predictions. All right. Well, first games first, I am picking the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Just going with a, a, a real tough game there, aren't you? Yeah, well, after I've been throwing oh, shit at so the Dolphins smart, all show, of so course smart. I'm picking Baltimore. All right. Well, um, I am going to go with the Dallas Cowboys mm. defeating the New York Jets right. this week. Oh, Cowboys? New York Giants. Sorry. Giants, yep. D- did I say Jets? You did, but I knew it was the Giants anyway. It's, that's not important. You, yeah. you, you know what I meant, not what I said. All right. And so I am back up, and I am going to pick the Seahawks at home against the Bengals. You're right. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's a good pick there. (laughs) I probably shouldn't have foreshadowed that too much, but uh, there we go. Uh, Second pick for you on the board. I'm going to go with a kind of tougher game, but I feel pretty confident about this. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs over the Jaguars. Wow, yeah, yeah. Um, Jaguars got a really good defense, but I think the Chiefs just are going to be overwhelming on offense to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's This seems like one of those games where the college team is facing like the, the FCS team. Yeah. And kind of like how the, what was it? Which team just beat the Vandals this week? Oh yeah, was it Penn State? Um, Penn State just rolls Se- in and seventy-nine just to seven rushes. Idaho. I don't think that's what's going to happen in Kansas City, but uh, I hope Idaho I'm... made millions of dollars off that <laughs> oh game to God. just get wrecked. You scored in the game and you still lost by seventy-two points. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least the Eastern Eagles made a game of it relative to yeah, what the they, Idaho did. They only lost 47 to 14. They scored yeah, twice against. Scored twice. That's what Number matters. 13 rated Washington or ranked mm-hmm. Washington. That was just, that was sad to watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right, carry on with your third pick here. My third pick, I am taking 
the Denver Broncos over the Oakland Raiders. Ooh, a power on Monday pick night. Power pick. All right. Well, I am going to go for a little off base pick, but here it goes. Last year, this team started zero and four and still made the playoffs. I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> mm. over the Indianapolis Colts as my third pick. That's a good one. Now with uh, the Colts having some uh, difficulties. Yeah, well, you know, is this the time for Jacoby Brissett? He's just made a lot of money. Is he going to show off a little bit? Mm-hmm. No, hey, no, no, not going to no. happen. All right. I am going with... The Cleveland Browns at home against the ah, Tennessee Titans. You I have wily been devil. super low on the Titans all offseason, and I've been higher than you over the Cleveland Browns. I don't think anybody's been higher than nah, you. No, that's true, especially not me. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, is this my fourth pick? You just made your fourth, right? Yeah, so you are on we number still four. still have two more. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'm going to make another iffy pick. I'm not entirely sure on this, but I've been negative on them, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to try to hedge my bets here. The Detroit Lions okay. are going to defeat oh. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, it's going to be one of those games, I think, that's very low scoring, uh, like a 17-15 affair, but... I think and we saw the good and the bad this preseason of Kyler Murray. So you think the bad's yes, coming yes. out against Matt Patricia and company. Well, and they have invested a lot of money on that defensive line. Damon Harrison, Trey Flowers. Uh, now's the time to release the dogs. When you have a rookie quarterback in his first game, bring it on. I want to see some sacks overwhelm that guy and make him – break that pocket and get out and, and have to run. So uh, Kyler Murray's going to be out for his life. Mm. That's a good one. All right. So I'm kind of going back and forth in my head on two different games. Okay. And I think I'm going to go with, for the fifth one, I am taking primetime game, the Saints over the Texans. Saints and Texans. I'm going Saints and Texans, and I am taking the Saints. They're going to be out for some some blood after their last game that they played last year where Nickel Roby Coleman literally just headbutted the gut of the Super Bowl aspirations of the Saints. They are reloaded. They are ready to go. Um, the Texans, I'm feeling a little less bullish on them right now. And well, so, certainly, I mean, they've just lost Jadavian Clowney and Lamar Miller in a succession of what, like seven days. Yeah. And so. Tunsil will only be less than a week of practice going. Well, I guess more cause they're on a Monday night. True. And so, true. Hey, I have some faith in the saints. I'm taking new Orleans. Yeah. Well, the thing is, adding Tunsil doesn't do as much for you as having Clowney against Drew Brees. Yeah. So uh, with that lackluster pressure that's going to be presented to him, as opposed to what it would have been with Clowney, I think that's going to be incredible. Like, what's Laramie Tunsil going to do? Block Cameron Jordan? Yeah. The guy doesn't do a ton right now anyways. I mean, he was a good player last year, but not to the same level that Jadavian Clowney would have given you on pressure to the Drew Brees. And the Texans, what? They're going to roll out uh, Kenny Stills and Sean Payton's going to be like, oh, I remember him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for my last pick, I'm surprised you didn't go for this one. Um, It seems like a no-brainer here, but I'm just going to take it off the board. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to defeat the Washington Redskins. Oh, that's a good one. You're Uh, right. You know, Carson Wentz versus Case Keenum. I think that's a pretty easy one to make, but uh, whatever. There we go. Hey, that's what we got. That's does it for the... So you're taking Cowboys <laughs> over Giants, Kansas City over Jacksonville, Chargers over the Colts, Detroit over Arizona, and the Eagles over the Washington sometimes professional football team. Yes. I am taking the Baltimore Ravens over the Miami Dolphins, not even a semi-professional football team. <laughs> high school, high school. <laughs> 
I am taking the Seahawks over the Bengals. I am taking the Broncos over the Raiders and the Cleveland Browns over the Titans and New Orleans Saints over the Texans. And that will do it for our five games here. Now you get to kick us off with the stat predictions of now this has to be a bold prediction let me disclaim sure it's not like tom brady will throw a touchdown yes and we are giving each other i'm announcing this now uh without your prior approval oh good that either of us have veto power okay we get one veto challenge every time (laughs) all right and if you make a prediction that i say i'm challenging this uh, veto kibosh you have to come up with a new challenge or sweeten it a little bit and we can do that either way so if I'm going to say that uh, you know a player Ezekiel Elliott's going to have 120 rushing yards maybe I got to sweeten it a little bit I mean that's you should get 120 rushing yards out of somebody sure okay so uh, nothing basic DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to catch two balls for 15 yards <laughs> obviously that's going to happen hmm. so Carry on. Stat predictions. Oh, no. Um, the stat prediction that... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> All right, let's not just make sounds here. You got to actually uh, throw some stuff out here. Hit well, the dartboard. I had the first one, but I just wanted to... Um, there we go. Pull up some stuff. Uh Hold on, I'm still pulling up the stuff. Just, you know, sing us a song or something. You're killing me. I'm not going to sing a song. Sing us a song. I mean, I do want to know what love is. I want to know what love is. And I, I want you to show me, but oh, man, we're gonna I don't get want sued you to show me right so now. so many people. I would prefer that you give me the stat predictions for your bold predictions that you had time to prepare. Oh, thank God. There it is. All right, so oh, my bold prediction is that Joe Flacco will throw three touchdowns on Monday night. It's not going to happen. Joe Flacco only threw three touchdowns once last year in the games that he played, and it was on opening day. I think lightning strikes twice, and one Joe Flacco in Oakland will get three touchdowns. Well, as much as I want to see that, I want to see the Denver Broncos explode with offense and just ridiculous defense. It's probably not going to go that way, so you just wasted a point here. <laughs> uh, but you know what? That's how the game is supposed to work. True. And, uh, well, what are you going to do? All right. Give me what you got. I'm going to go in the same game, but in a opposite direction you might say Mm. whereas you're believing in joe flacco i am trusting the denver broncos defense and i say to all of you people out there with the denver broncos defense on your fantasy squad which would be me in our league of course Mm, sure that the denver broncos defense will have six scoring opportunities i am predicting Not only will the Denver Broncos sack Derek Carr three times, they will also get a hat trick of turnovers, and I'm predicting two interceptions and a fumble. One of those fumbles is going to come on a strip sack from, uh, I I can't tell if it's going to be... Miller or Chubb. I've I've looked through the Palantia and I just can't I see the 5 in the first number. I don't see the second number. So uh it will be a strip sack, maybe even Malik Reed. He's 59. Sure. I I don't quite know yet. But uh All right, so this prediction has multiple parts. So let's break it back down again. Broncos break it down. have six touchdown opportunities. Is what you said? No. I'm saying... Who, or sorry, scoring opportunities? The, what are you... The Denver, Denver Broncos defense will have oh. three sacks. They okay. will have three takeaways. All That's right. what I'm saying. Okay, Broncos... Yeah. I was I was setting it up. Oh, you know, sure. I, I, I feel you. Yeah. So three sacks. And three takeaways. And three takeaways. No faith in uh, Derek Carr. Not for this week. It's going with the Denver Broncos. Sting like A B. No, no faith in uh, Antonio Brown to make plays happen. 
uh, he might make some plays, but it's not going to be on the plays where he's getting tackled and and he he fumbles the ball and uh, it, no, it's not going to happen that way. That's not what the Palanti showed me. <laughs> All right, so I'm sticking with quarterback because I'm basic like that. You basic know, quarterbacks. Basic. And I want to go to the frigid north where Mr. Josh Allen plays for the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen, weirdly enough, was not billed as a rushing... <laughs> billed, Bills. Billed as a rushing quarterback coming out of college. I will say, in week one, against the Jets, Josh Allen will rush for over 100 yards. I like it. I like the bold prediction. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So that leaves me with a statistical bold prediction. And uh, I'm going to go with another one that's, you know, a little bit complicated, but it's really not. Um, uh, You and I both really like polls. Um, Sure. Yeah, uh, polls, polling. We're we're deep into politics. Uh, We love following all, all those kinds of things. Uh, and I like with polls how they do the uh, margin of error. Okay? okay. Now I'm going to say that Josh, I did it again. Josh Ky- Rosen. Kyler yeah, Josh Murray. Rosen. Kyler Murray. I've been trying to talk about this guy all day, and I just keep seeing Josh Rosen's face. I don't get it. Kyler Murray, this preseason, in three games, had 23 completions, 36 attempts. 193 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and he rushed the ball five times for 13 yards. No touchdowns. Mm. I say Kyler Murray in his first game is not only not going to score a rushing touchdown or a passing touchdown, I'm going to say within a certain margin of error of two to three points let's let's say two to five two to five points of yardage completions and attempts he is going to have identical stats to his preseason i don't see him going over 200 yards this week i don't see him passing for any touchdowns i think he's going to be conservative with the ball uh i so 200 yards rushing or all purpose yards i'm gonna say uh, we're passing, yeah, 200 yards. Passing or all-purpose? Uh, let's let's just say he does it within a margin of error of two to five. Completions, attempts, and yardage is going to be identical to to what he had in preseason. All I right. No, he will be within five yards of 193. All right. Plus or minus. Same thing with uh, completions and, and attempts. I think that this offense has been grossly overhyped. He's going to have a huge learning curve. And going against the Detroit Lions, they weren't a slouch last year on defense. That was one area where they actually performed well. Um, they got into a lot of shooting matches where it was a 17-14 game in the fourth quarter. So um, with that revamped defensive line um, and big play slay on the outside covering whoever the Cardinals deem as their number one wide receiver. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting for, for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury in their first year. I'm not predicting very good things. No. It, yeah, you've been pretty consistent in your dislike of the Arizona Cardinals' chances this year. Well, they, I'm in, they're in my uh, bold predictions pick twice this week, so uh, I, I'm not a big fan. All right, so to recap, you said the Denver Broncos D will have three sacks and three takeaways in that Kyler Murray on a uh, two to five point variance is going to be identical statistically to his preseason stats. Yep. I kept it simple. Mr. Flacco's going to throw over three touchdowns and Josh Allen's getting over 100 rushing yards. Well, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's why uh, they, they pay us the big bucks around here to, to make these kinds of predictions. Right. You know? Yeah. And with that, this podcast brought to you by Anchor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's always brought to you by Anchor, but uh, it's also brought to you by uh, all the things that keep us going. Oh uh, Yeah, that's true. So we made it. Six months of waiting for football, and it starts this week. Oh, this Thursday, wait. the 100-year anniversary of the NFL, where we've got the Bears, we've got the Packers on Thursday night. Man, I can't wait. Well, and you know what? I was a little negative at first, I'll admit, that it wasn't the Patriots kicking yeah. off the season. They're the Super Bowl winners. That's typically how things go. But being the 100-year anniversary, I can't think of two better teams to get us started than the Packers and Bears, especially right now. Both of those teams are primed to make a run here. Uh, I don't know if it's yeah. going to be both of them, but this is going to be a good game to start the season. Yeah, and... I like their Monday night game that they got the rivalry back for the 100 year of the uh, Oakland Raider Denver Bronco. Absolutely. That's oh, yeah. just going to be the last year in Oakland. Oh. oh, so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Great. Football's awesome. I'm happy that it's back. All right. Yes, indeed. So, with that, we'll be with you all next week. I am still Shem Hanks. Still Brad Roberts. Talk to you later. This has been a production of Values First. Uh, get this going now. All right. So we're mostly going to be talking about the Houston Texans today, and then we're going to be talking about some uh, bold predictions, and then after that we're going to go out for ice cream and beer. Mostly ice cream, though, because I don't really drink beer, so that's fine.